You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition. Um, Obviously we had the Apple event, uh, we might or might not have time to talk about that because uh, today we have with us Ashley Hewson from Serif and we're going to talk to him uh, first and Donnie's on a bit of a timeline. So if we run out of time, uh, bad luck. I thought uh, talking to Ashley's more interesting than talking about the Apple event that the world and his brother have chewed over already. So there you go. Uh, we have Donny, of course, as I just mentioned. Hello, Donny. Hello. It's been a while. Yep, it has. But there we go. And of course, as mentioned, we have Ashley Hewson. Hello, Ash. How you doing? All right. Yeah, not too bad. Still suffering with my bunged up nose, but uh, there we go. Soldier on, regardless. Soldier on, regardless. Well, um, it's been a while since we had you on. Um, Ash, hmm. and quite a lot of, has happened since then, I guess. Um, obviously, you launched Publisher, which, um, when you came on last time, was in beta, or is just going into beta, as it happened, um, which I was on the beta. I, I, you know, did the beta, and uh, then, of course, when it was launched, you uh, you had an event and uh, blew everybody away with the secret, the secret source that wasn't in the beta, which was, of course, the studio mode. Um Yeah, how's that gone? I mean, um, I'm assuming that that's been a big hit because everybody I talk to seems to think it's a big hit. Oh, yeah, it's gone in uh, incredibly well. I mean, it was a bit of a funny situation with us when we had the app in beta because obviously this big feature that we had, Studio Link, was something that we were kind of keeping under under wraps really so we're having everything you know all the other features and everything else with the app being sort of tested out fully but by uh, you know quite a long beta period we're in uh, i think it's nearly nine months in total in the end before we launched it um and yeah you know, it was obviously quite hard to kind of restrain ourselves in terms of being <laughs> able to uh, you know talk about this uh, uh this great new functionality that, uh, uh, that that we wanted to wait to reveal until launch day um i mean it's it was actually one of those things that uh, I mean, for those people who don't know, you know, the whole idea of Studio Link is that uh, when you're using Affinity Publisher, you can then instantly switch. Uh, effectively, you, you instantly switch the, the the app into Affinity Designer or into Affinity Photo. You're not leaving the app; it's all within Affinity Publisher. Uh, but it opens up all of the functionality of, you know, full blown photo editing and full full blown uh, vector design. Um, but the way you access that is with three little buttons in the top left hand side of the app. We call them personas because effectively you're changing the persona of the app into something else. Um, and in fact, during the beta period, you know, those buttons were visible. Um, they just weren't enabled. So we had a lot of people speculating over what they might do. There were a few people who guessed it right. There were a lot of people who guessed it totally wrong. Um, but yeah, it was good that in the main, it was actually quite a big surprise when we uh, when we announced that 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 big feature. Yeah, I mean, I I watched that keynote and it was it was one of those. Hmm, I did wonder what those buttons might do, and I thought they might do something a bit like that, but <laughs> not exactly like that. And uh, mm. yeah, I was like, oh my god, they've blown the doors off. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's good to hear you had that reaction. I mean, I think that a lot of people had that reaction. Um, it's kind of one of those things, I guess, that, you know, and I think I said it on the keynote, is that a lot of people have kind of got used to a way of working, right? That you have these separate, totally independent apps for photo editing, you know, graphic design or desktop publishing. Um, and it is a painful process uh, in terms of the, the workflow that you have to go through and the round trip you have to make between all these different apps. But it's just something that I think everyone's just come to expect and, and you know, just assumes that, that's just you know the like the way it is i think um, yeah i think we've we've very much it's like um i won't quite say it's stockholm syndrome but we've become used to it because that's just the way it is and um you know traditionally you at, at best you might be able to right click or double click on a on a graphic or something and have it you know launch the original editor so that you can edit it and then come back but um yeah, it, it was that, that really was. It was like, oh my god, that is fantastic. Why has nobody <laughs> thought of this before? <laughs> I mean, I think you know one of the things probably is is that actually maybe no one's had the ability to do it before. Um, in the sense that you know, really, uh, I can't remember. We might have spoken a bit about this last uh, last time, but you know, fundamentally, uh, the core technology uh, that all of the apps are, are based on is is actually identical across all three apps um and that's also why of course we share the same file format between all the three apps that's the only way that we can do that too um so because we we kind of built the foundations of the apps uh, and they all share that same foundation um that's uh, kind of the reason why we can do studio link um and it was actually something that we had in our mind right from the very very beginning of developing the apps you know and this i'm talking 10 years ago in fact the very first presentation that uh, tony brightman he's a lead developer who pretty much come up with the concept of affinity uh that very very first presentation was actually all about how we could have a single app that then uh with uh, with a with an instant click could change its persona into whether you know photo editing or graphic design or desktop publishing and and that was the, the core principle of what his vision for it all was um and so it seems you know a long time since then that was 10 years ago yeah. um and obviously since that you know and it was five years ago we launched affinity designer and then three and a half years ago we launched photo then of course we come out of windows and we launched ipad version so we've done all of these things before actually getting to the point where we could finally reveal and talk about, uh, you know, actually what affinity is actually all about. <laughs> and that's um... I have to say it, it, it not only does it work, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's just instant. There's no lag when you switch between apps and I used it five minutes ago. It's just so smooth. It's like, you've never left any, any app. You're just using another set of tools. It's, you guys did an amazing job. Yeah, well, thanks. I mean, it's, well, obviously it's been our labor of love. It's been this vision that we've had for, for sort of 10 years. But I think that, you know, also, uh, you, you know, obviously, of course, it's a really cool thing to be able to do, but actually it is genuinely something that uh, really does 
you know, change, uh, really, really sort of changes up the sort of the speed of the workflow that um, that you can have with with working on things. I mean, there's even simple stuff that you wouldn't even necessarily immediately think of. Um, you know, for example, that you've got like a shared undo history uh, or, or a consistent undo history while you go doing things. So, uh, Simon, I think you mentioned about the, the ability in some apps you can right click and then go off to another, the, the source app and then maybe edit it and then, uh, come back to your desktop publishing app where, you, you know, the, that, that change that you've just done might be uh, reflected. But all of the steps that you might have taken in the to editing app, uh, you know, you might have added a couple of adjustment layers, added a mask or whatever it might be. Once you come back into your desktop publishing app with those changes, that only counts as one undo step. So if you hit undo, all of those things that you've just done in your photo editing app has just been undone, if that makes sense. Whereas with us... Uh, obviously, if you go into the photo persona, you add five adjustment layers, a mask, whatever, and then you go back into the publisher persona. If you undo once, that's just going to remove the mask. If you undo again, it just removes the last adjustment layer, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's, it's kind of little things like that that I think, you know, when you first learn about it, you don't necessarily yeah, think. Yeah, you, you don't always grasp just how big a change it actually is. It's, yeah. And, and as you say, um, um, you know, the fact that underneath it all, they're all one file format, as as, as you said uh, in your keynote, you know, we've tagged them. They show up as, you know, AF photo or AF designer or, um, you know, AF pub. But actually, that's just so that the finder or the file explorer knows which app it technically, quote unquote, belongs to. Um, and and that is that is something that... Um, it does make a big difference once you get used to it. Um, I mean, the first thing I found, you know, using Affinity was I'm so used to just you know, saving my documents and, and working the, the way that we've talked about. Um, so the fact that to get, you know, to take a, something from uh, Affinity Photo and take it out, you've got to do export. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it just at first felt a bit odd, but of course, once you start putting the blocks together, then it makes perfect sense because there's no need to say, I want to export this to a JPEG. Why would you want to do that? Because that's going to flatten it and take out all your undo history and all the rest. So um, it's hard yeah. to explain, isn't it? It's hard until you start working with it. It's like, I guess, um, how would I make an analogy? It's like working in Lego and not if saying when you export it you've got to dip dip this thing that you've made in lego in glue and set it in stone <laughs> do you know what i mean it's it's the difference between making something in lego that you can take apart and rearrange and doing an airfix kit where when you stick it together that's it it's done you can't you can't pry it apart again so yeah it um, makes a kind of once you grasp it it, it makes a sort of fundamental difference in the way that you um, look at how you work. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, uh, ignoring the studio link thing, you know, uh, even now we find in that quite a lot of our customers, our users are still, uh, as you say, that they, they might have uh, created something in Affinity Designer and they want to now bring that into Affinity Publisher, drop it on their document. Um, and we find even now that some people are exporting that as an SVG or as a, PF, a PDF or, or whatever it might be to actually, you know, 
before they place that in publisher. And of course, there's absolutely no need or requirement to do that at all. You just save it and then you can just drop your affinity designer file straight onto publisher without, and as you say, you don't lose any of the, um, uh, you know, you don't, you're not flatten it. You don't lose any of the layers. And of course, in Affinity Publisher, if you actually wanted to expose any of those layers, you can then just double click on it and it, it will instantly expose all of the, the layers and you know, stuff that you might have um, added in Affinity Designer. And of course, then you can just flip to the, the designer persona and then you've got all the Affinity Designer tools available to you. So, you know, you can act, then sort of edit and mess about with that file um, that you've placed without even leaving Publisher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, old habits die hard. That is the truth. Mm. Um, and if, particularly if you work in design for print, it's a, a you know, it's got a very uh, long and venerable history. But people do get very set in their ways. Um, yeah, it's just you know. Uh, but it, at times, you know, people did change from one thing to another, and they will again. It just it takes uh, it sometimes takes a while, and of course. Um, some of it is just habit and some of it of course is uh if, if you do like i do working quite often what you'll get is people will say oh can you send me that logo oh can i have that just the form off the bottom of the page but of course um from you know from affinity it's only a matter really of exporting that at the last moment if somebody wants it it's uh yeah but it's just habit yeah. Pe people do things out of habit because that's how they've always worked and um like you say, um, I, you're you're probably right. I I don't think anybody else has actually realistically had the option to do what you've done, which is to build one, you know, one uh, suite built around one core concept with mm. one. Um, I mean, Adobe, you know, we <laughs> we might as well say, but then again. You know, Photoshop was Photoshop. Adobe Illustrator came from somewhere else and has a completely different code base. Um, InDesign is is different. You know, they muttered at one point about using PDF as their core um, file format, but PDF is a funny thing. <laughs> PDF is a very funny file format. Um, there you go. But yeah, I mean, and even if, you know, they did consolidate a file format uh, between the apps, which potentially that might be something that they uh, that they could perhaps do in the future. Of course, you know, without those, without the apps being built on the same core technology, which of course they're not because they either come from different places or developed totally independently of each other or whatever, um, you know, they'll never be able to have the, the studio link style, um, you know, instant flick between the, the functionality of them from, from within one app um, without, of course, you know, starting from scratch and, and writing them all again, which is basically what, you know, we started doing 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and of course, I guess, you know, let's, let's not shy away from it. Um, we, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to say it. Uh, the bit, one of the biggest bonuses, of course, if you switch over to uh, affinity is there's no subscription. You can buy, uh, whatever parts you like, you know, you, you don't have to have all three in the suite. And, um, you know, if you're just a f photographer, you don't have to get involved with publisher and um, designer. If you don't want to, you can just, you know, lay your money down and take the uh, uh, the photo app, which, uh, you know, uh, did you, you won an award for that, didn't you, recently? For which one? Uh, photo. 
<laughs> well, you probably uh, won a lot of awards. You probably got you probably got a whole mantelpiece full of a match. But uh... Uh, yeah, I I, I I can't particularly think of the most recent one. But I mean, yeah, we 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 win awards for the apps uh, quite regularly. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, not only is there no subscription, the price is very affordable too. And uh, oh I yeah, think, not only me, but a lot of people thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know we we're always very uh, intent when we launched that we uh, you know didn't feel like we had to charge hundreds of dollars for uh, for an app. Um, you know, we're we're a small company. We've got relatively low overheads. Uh, the thing that was you know in some ways most interesting to us is that we kind of wanted to get as many people you know adopting the app as possible that's the thing that sort of makes us excited that's the thing that um you know gets us out of bed in the morning is actually seeing you know uh thousands well now millions uh, of people um uh using our apps and creating fantastic results from it so yeah we didn't want to sort of price it really high and then have really you know low adoption uh our our view is very much the other way around yeah i'm uh, i've always said anyway that um there's a section of the market which is is massively underserved um and i guess it's what a lot of people would call the prosumer or semi-pro market because you know if you if you're a professional um you know, designer, photographer, whatever, the tools that you use that generate you money. So to some extent, um, you know, if you have to lay out £50 a month for the tools that you use, that's a business expense. And as long as you use, you know, you generate sufficient profit to cover that, that's not particularly a problem. But what happens is when the tools that people want to use are like that, what happens to the, you know, the hobbyists, the semi-professionals, the, um, you know, the charities, the the church groups, whatever, they can't afford that sort of outlay. And then there's a there's another market, there's another sector who's fairly well served, which is the, you know, I, I'm not going to call them lesser because they're not. They're designed to serve a, a group of people who want to make posters and flyers and booklets and whatnot, but don't necessarily need what we would look at as a full-blown professional package and there's 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 plenty of apps that serve that market you know in the sort of 15 pound bracket and there are some very very good apps down that you know in that bracket if that's what you want but i've always felt that there was a big gap between those and if you like your high-end pro apps and i think that's where something that serif always you know historically served although only really on windows with with the the plus apps but i think you've picked a really good market segment which is the sort of semi-pro high-end hobbyist up and into the full-blown pro market where there's i think there's a you know there's a huge and obviously has proved correct because if you've got millions of users what i mean what was it in the keynote you doubled your users to to two million this uh in so that the, was back in, in june so so pretty much in and obviously yeah so we'd, we'd reached a million users uh when we launched affinity designer for ipad and that was in july last year um and then pretty much in the year following that we sort of doubled it again to uh, to two million oh excellent that, that's good 
that's really good. I'm pleased <laughs> yeah. for you. Um, I mean, and of course, yeah, we not we haven't even mentioned the fact that um, obviously both the designer and the photo app are also available for iPad for the iPad Pro specific. Well, particularly, but yeah, I mean, actually available for uh, uh, the iPad or standard iPad. I think fifth generation uh and above ipad air 2 but yeah i mean it's kind of blurring the lines now a little bit to be honest with you we always felt that um the apps on ipad were uh you know you do get a better experience if you're using apple pencil um and then of course when we first launched the only real opportunity for someone to have apple pencil was if of course you had ipad pro uh, obviously that's now changing or has changed um in the last couple of years as the um i think fifth edition was it or, or, yep. uh, or the fifth generation was the, I mean, the, the first the first one that supported apple pencil and obviously they've just announced the seventh generation this week um and it's what three three hundred and fifty dollars uh with Apple, you know, and you can use Apple Pencil. Um, and so even that, uh, uh, you know, iPad, our apps still work exceptionally well on, especially if you do have Pencil, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I mean, from from your point of view, uh, Apple expanding the Pencil support out to, well, the cheapest iPad is a, is a huge bonus because that, <laughs> that makes a, a huge potential audience, I would have thought. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that was you know fantastic news uh for us um and, and and i guess especially over the last couple of years and again with this week's announcement um you know as the uh, uh processor performance uh, and, and and gpu power even of the um low-end ipad in, in, improves uh, you know as well um then that, that that's all good for us obviously yeah and of course, um, as you told me before, all your stuff is basically written pretty much purely in metal to take advantage of all the, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I wouldn't say purely in metal, but yeah, I mean, specifically for iPad, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we did a lot of specific work around iPad uh, to use metal. Uh, so for all of the, you know, main functions certainly anything obviously that involves pushing pixels around or uh, graphic manipulation um we then you know created threads where we kind of basically push that through uh, the ipad's gpu and that's why we can achieve such good performance on ipad um i mean i'm trying to think yes i mean actually it was just when we launched uh publisher this year we also launched the 1.7 update of affinity photo and affinity designer um, and actually that was the first time for affinity photo anyway where we started metal on well we started to push you know we we were already were using metal a little bit on mac um but the 1.7 launch was uh you know we we massively expanded all the functions that we actually use metal for now even on mac and the performance of that is just totally insane yeah actually i, I remember now I, I recall last time you were on actually when we talked about metal you said um i'm pretty sure i recall now that you said that you were going to um expand the use of metal on on mac because when you'd started um building out the you know the, the, the apps that metal wasn't the big thing it's become in the in the intervening years so yeah yeah and, i uh, mean yeah 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 and um Yes, obviously, uh, a lot of people, of course, are also uh, happy and comment quite frequent, you know, frequently that you know you don't sit on your laurels. I mean, the the updates 
seem to come thick and fast. Well, I mean, we're on, what we on one point seven point two now is the uh-huh. latest one with yet you know more speed improvements, more more benefits, more shiny, more shiny, shiny. Yeah, I mean, I think that to be honest, um, you, you know, we've always wanted to push out regular regular updates, despite the fact, just to mention it again, we're not on subscription. Um, it's still, you know, I think important for us to, to, to make sure we're always, you know, pushing forward and trying to stay ahead of the game. Um, to be honest, uh, I think that uh, because of that, and everyone kind of got very used to the fact that we were uh, regularly updating, we did have a, probably a longer gap than usual uh, in the run up to the 1.7 launch, because of course our 1.7 launch for Affinity Designer and Affinity Photo. That was a 1.7 launch on Mac, Windows, and iPad. And it was also simultaneously launched with Affinity Publisher on Mac and Windows. Uh, so, you know, there was about, uh, what does that make it? Eight, eight effectively eight. different apps on different operating systems that we, you know, had geared up to launch on the same day. And of course, it was important that everything got updated on the same day to 1.7 because, that was the code base the publisher was using and that's the thing that enabled studio link to work on day one and for everything to still share file format on day one so it was an incredible uh challenge <laughs> for us to to do that um but it kind of meant that maybe six or seven or eight months before the launch of 1.7 everyone started to go hey you know why hasn't there been an update recently you know but it was it was and some of the reasons why we hadn't updated we we actually wanted to keep secret as well so um there there was a little bit of impatience or people wondering you know uh you know if there was anything wrong you know why haven't you done it but it was all because we were kind of holding everything back to launch on that on that one day uh and now you know updates will start flowing you know every few months you know similar to what we were to what we were before now we've got that out of the way yeah well I, I i can imagine that was a bit of a herculean task i'm not surprised and and of course um you as you say you launched publisher uh simultaneously for mac and windows which of course with the previous apps i don't think you did did you 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 launched on mac first and then um you know windows shortly after so um that's a yeah, yeah. that's a big push really <laughs> that's a big push yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's huge. Um, right. Um, now, now I'm going to ask you a question, which you do not have to answer. You can tell me it's a trade secret. But um, a lot of a lot of guys in our Slack room are, are particularly interested in what you might or might not be planning next. And uh, a lot of them are quite keen to hear uh, if you might have any plans to do a Lightroom uh, competitor to go with your Photoshop competitor. Huh. Sorry, you want me to answer that? Yeah. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> there you, go. Well, no, you know, there there are there's a big gap on the top left hand corner of Publisher where there are a lot of icons that still fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest with you, it's kind of you know we've not necessarily kept it a particular secret. I mean, it's absolutely been in our thoughts uh, that would create some form of uh, asset management tool. Um, for affinity um and to be you know honest we've kind of dipped in and out a little bit of uh you know starting to do some work on it um so the 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 truth is is i'm sure at some point uh we will have uh, a dam app uh it's 
is still very uncertain you know, over what sort of timeline that, uh, that 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 might be on. But of course, it's it's something that we know everyone's asking for. You know, uh, all of our customers want it. Um, so we know it's, you know, it will be an important thing for us to for us to do. Uh, I think, as I've already mentioned, you know, the trouble is we're a small team, and uh, you know, we are now we've now got th- three different apps on uh, all these different operating systems, um, and you know, it's always just a case of trying to you know focus our efforts in in, in the right place <laughs> keep all the plates spinning ash you're exactly. trying to keep all the plates spinning in at the same time and the more plates you put up the harder it gets yeah and i think the one thing that we've already committed of course and of course we have to do is affinity publisher on ipad you know so um that that's another plate that will be added into the mix uh, speaking of that um I'm a, i don't know if you can answer this or not but i'm assuming it might be something you can answer um, I'm going to assume Studio Link can't happen on the iPad just because of restrictions with um, designing the apps and the way it works on the iPad. Yeah, I mean, um, if you, yeah, why don't you continue assuming that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, if ever there was a backhanded leak, it was that. Yeah, one. really. <laughs> you might have gotten a scoop there. <laughs> well, but, um, so what? What's your timeline on the app coming to the iPad? Do you have like a set date yet? No, I mean, one of the, I mean, just generally one of the ways that, that we we've kind of always worked uh, with with our development team, in particular, is is to not necessarily put hard uh, dates or deadlines in place, especially with something uh, such as a publisher or an iPad, where, to be honest, I mean, first of all, we're working on it, right? We, you know, we're actually actively right. working and developing it. Um, but there are still, to be honest, problems to be solved. And, uh, you know, it's all R&D. Uh, you can spend months working on a possible solution for something and then, it turns out it doesn't doesn't do the job, and you have to kind of right. scrap it all and start or again. Apple, so Apple makes an update and messes everything up. Well, that's that's also possible. So, yeah, I think that you know we know that. I mean, the publisher does have some unique challenges on iPad. Uh, you know, not least of which things like uh, some of the file management. I mean, the, the, Apple are making lots of improvements. I mean, iPad OS has got some more improvements, but. I mean, just put simply, of course, you know, with, with desktop publishing documents, people always generally um, link to images. They don't sort of embed right, them right. in their document. Um, and so, you know, especially if you're working in a business and a network environment and you've got all of your images that are linked to your in-house uh, damn product, whatever it might be, um, then, you know, if then you then take that document away on iPad, you still somehow need to ideally be able to link to those uh, images so there's you know there's problems with such stuff around that there's problems with fonts um because of similar similar thing so right. you know and, and these are the types of considerations that we didn't necessarily need to you know or problems that we didn't necessarily need to solve with affinity photo and affinity designer but we sure as hell need to solve them for affinity publisher so um yeah so there are some unique things with that that makes it quite a challenging app on ipad but as I say, we're actively working on it. Um, I certainly hope that we uh, that we get it out at some point um, next year, but it is probably more towards the end of next year than the start of next year. But uh, hopefully, we'll uh, be a bit clearer on where we're at in uh, in another, say, six months. Well, I yeah. think I think um, 
you know, I'm sure everybody would be glad to hear that. But I also think, um, certainly, you know, I know that listeners to this show are very much of the opinion that it's nice to know, you know, as long as they know it's coming and they'd rather it came out when it was ready rather than coming out on a fixed date and only being three quarters ready. Um, you know, that's very much a, that's very much a thing we get, um, in the sort of feedback here when we have people like yourself on, um, you know, quite realistically, you know, often people like yourself say, well, I can't, I can't say specifically because we have to solve various problems and it will be done when it's done. But the, the feedback we always get usually is as long as, you know, company XY or developer XY tell us that they're working on it and it's it's progressing. That's enough because that <laughs> we can hold on to that hope and uh, we'll be, you know, we'll look forward to it coming out when it's ready. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's important. I mean, as I already mentioned, I mean, like, say the Affinity Publisher on desktop, it was we ended up being in beta for nine yeah, it was nine, good. nine, ten, or eleven months. I can't remember now, but it was, it was about a long, nine months, I think. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a long time, and uh, and that was you know really. I mean, I th- yeah, because I think we started the beta in say August time last year. We were originally planning potentially to launch it by the end of the year, um, but uh, you know, we, we, like I say, we didn't have any sort of particular pressure. Um, you know, obviously the the other apps are, are selling quite well, so from a uh, sort of business or financial standpoint there wasn't you know kind of uh, the board members sort of, you know <laughs> putting pressure on to, to launch the thing so get it um, out get it out yeah yeah so so you know and, and it's great that you know we can be in that uh position you know we don't have external shareholders putting pressure you know all that sort of stuff that a lot of companies have to deal with or maybe external investors or whatever it might be um we don't have that and i think that hopefully shines through somewhat in our apps as well and if it and if we have to push a launch back by six months because we want to make it better or uh, fix some extra things or whatever it might be, then, then then we'll just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's. You know. I mean, it shows because, like I said, Studio Link. You didn't want to release that and have someone click the photos button and sit there waiting, going, "What's happening? What's happening?" I mean, it is smooth as whatever you can compare it to. Like I said earlier, you want that to be perfect when you release it, and it definitely Indeed. shows. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to uh, cross off onto a, a slightly different tack now, Ash. Um, two two things. Um, obviously, for um, designer and uh, publisher, uh, not publisher, designer and photo, you have uh, workbooks available with um, you know a whole load of uh, tutorials and help and info and, and all the rest. And uh, I will give it a push. Uh, if you're listening to this, at the moment, Serif have the workbooks on special. There's thirty percent off, and I believe you're chucking in a free T-shirt if you order. There's, uh, I think the T-shirt is actually like an email exclusive to. Uh, yeah, well, I'll put the link. Uh, I will put the link in the show notes for the for the okay. listeners. Um, yes, Good. there is. There's a follow this link to get a free T-shirt um, when you yeah. order your. So the link for that will be in the show notes. Uh, if you want to get a free T-shirt as well as 30% off the workbooks. And, of course, you know what I'm going to ask you next. Uh, when will there be a workbook for publisher? Well, that will definitely be out next year. I mean, we're working on it now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I would expect it to be out in the first half of next year. I, I can't necessarily give no, you a more accurate thing. But, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's been actively worked on. Um, I mean, to be honest, some of the things that we uh, – are uh you know 
we, we actually also want another couple of features to make its way onto the app uh, before we launch the workbook. So the first thing is, is that uh, IDML import is uh, very close to, to being available. Um, and it... <laughs> oh, that's big. That's yes. really big. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard me say this before, Ash, but um, at home, um, I, you know, I switched over to the uh, Affinity Suite um, because uh, on my slightly older hardware at home, uh, Adobe doesn't perform particularly well. Adobe have introduced some incredibly annoying bugs in the last uh, few updates, which drive me spare. Um, and, you know, at home, out of my own pocket, I'm not particularly prepared to keep giving them that sort of money. So um, at work, of course, uh, there's a slightly different dynamic in that, I, you know, I don't have uh, you know, the final say on these things. And, you know, there are several of us at several desks all, all working. And, of course, you've got the historical legacy that the first thing that, it, you know, any kind of purported change in the way we work. The first thing that management says, and how are we going to cope with all our, you know, historical files? Hmm. So, um, <laughs> IDML import would be a huge, huge step. Indeed. Um, and I think a lot of people, <laughs> there would be a lot of people out there rubbing their hands with glee should that, uh, you know, come up as a headline feature in the, well, let's say in the next year or so. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it will be sooner than that, but at the same time, it'll be rather amiss if we launch a workbook that doesn't talk about the IDML import feature, for example. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, we, we kind of, you know, because we know there's still, you know, there's a few quite big features coming up for publisher. I won't mention any more now, but, um, you know, we, we want to wait until they're in before we yeah, of course you launch, launch course the workbook. You I mean, yeah. it's, um, you know, uh, whenever people have asked me about, you know, the Affinity Suite and how does it compare to the Adobe Suite, I always say, you know, it's 95% there, but you've got to bear in mind that, you know, the Affinity products are, what, five years old at the most, as yeah. you said, yeah. you know, um, Photoshop is 30 years old, for God's sake. And um, I, I think, or is it Illustrator? I can't remember. But I mean, I've been using, um, let's face it, uh, I was using Adobe Illustrator because 88, Illustrator 88 was a big thing. Um, so there you go. That shows you how long yeah. Illustrator has been going. <laughs> and uh, Photoshop was a few years new, younger than that. So uh, they've got a long head start. Um, they have, they have. I mean, of course, actually, the, the other great thing about uh, the Affinity Publisher workbook and working on that is, of course, we're we're writing it all in Affinity Publisher. Um, so, you know, that's kind of quite cool that all of the workbooks would have actually been composed and, uh, and laid out and everything within the app that we're talking about. Yep. Well, you know, <laughs> the dog fooding at its best. Uh, <laughs> and also, of course, if you're doing that, if you find any bugs, <laughs> you can squash them before yeah. you publish the book. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, no, so that, well, that's good. That's all good. That's all really good news. Um, so I, I think we've pretty much covered a lot of it. Um, Donnie, was there anything else in particular you, you had in mind to talk to Ash about? Um, I don't think so. Nothing I can think of offhand. Um, is there anything you can talk about that you haven't talked about that's upcoming or uh, Illustrator or photos? 
Uh, no, I don't think there's anything that I'm. Uh, yeah, nothing else he's willing to divulge. But, I no, think. I mean, well, I mean, actually, one, one, one sort of relatively minor thing is, of course, we're, we will be launching an update in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, well, ready for the 30th of September when iPad OS comes out and in preparation for Catalina, uh, which I guess will be October sometime. Um, so there is a, a relatively minor update coming out for that. Of course, perhaps one of the nice new features of all of that system now uh, with Apple is uh, the sidecar feature um, with, uh, yeah, so you can use yeah, you can. Your, your iPad has a second, second display, but you can also use it as a pseudo graphics tablet. So obviously that's quite a you know cool thing for, for us. So uh, our apps will definitely be having updates to, to be able to fully support all of that really for, for their launch. Um, but yeah, that's the main thing that's kind of upcoming does, shortly. Does the, um, I forget what it's called, but the feature where it's supposed to be the one-click button to make the apps work across platforms, I, I'm guessing that doesn't help because the apps are so different even though they're similar between iPad and Mac, they're still so different in some ways with how they work, the workflow and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually one of the things with, what do you mean in reference to the sidecar feature? No, not sidecar. Um, I oh. forget what it's called. Um, oh. When you have like an iPad app and you're supposed to be able to click a button and then it oh, goes to the Mac app. and Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not so, uh, you know, at the moment, at least we're not really kind of considering utilizing any of that uh functionality i mean obviously i think a lot of apps that will do that are apps that at the moment are just on ipad and they, they want the ability to run on mac but i think that from what i know or what i've seen and i'm not i'm not fully versed on this you know that that's mostly relatively simple apps like it might be a, a flight booking application or you know something like that right. um you know rather than uh you know, a, a full-on creative thing where you might be editing right. a hundred hundred megapixel image, and you want real-time editing. Um, and of course, for us, we've already got Mac and an iPad version. So right. uh, the uh, and, and you know, we also very much want. I think it's very important that they're very different. You know, iPad is. Uh, I mean, it's got all of the features and functionality, but you know, for it to work as an iPad app, you do need to totally rethink the UI gestures, all of these things. Whereas on Mac, when you're using a mouse or whatever, um, it's a very different way of working and you kind of want high density and be able to see more, more, many more things when you're working. So um, so I think our approach of keeping, you know, focused on uh, a Mac OS version separately to, to an iPad OS version um, is is still very important. No, I think that's, I think, I think, uh, possibly what Donnie was thinking about is that there's the handoff so that, um, but of course, as far as I can see that you don't really need to make much use of that anyway, because if you're using one file format and you can go from, you simply close right, one device. Save it in iCloud and. Yeah, just close one, close one, you know, close, close your iPad version and open the file on, on the Mac or Windows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, handoff is very cool, you know, but. I do find that mostly works well in things like you know your email. You can, it you know if I if I open an email on my iPhone, the little thing will pop up in the dock and say, "Would you like to open it there?" And it's just like great because if I want to, you know, if it's a long email, trying to scroll through it all on my iPhone can be a bit tedious. But I'm not sure that it's um, necessarily something that would have a great deal of utility in, um, you know, 
other than perhaps simply just handing a file across from one one to another. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, although you know, from from our from our testing and our perspective, you know, handoff has actually never been a particularly fast. You know, so it's fine it, for handoff. Like if you're browsing a website on your Mac and you want to pick up the same page on your iPad, it's only got to send your iPad a very small amount of yeah, data, exactly. just exactly. just a web address. Uh, and if it's an email, it's just got to send a bit of text. It might be 100k at, at most. Yeah. Whereas uh, our documents are very big, and actually the handoff uh, tech, at least at the moment, um, doesn't really allow for sort of instant transfer. You still got to wait for it to come across. So you might as well just. Yeah, close, put it, put close it, one. Put, <laughs> put it on iCloud Drive and, and sync it. You know, it's the same same sort of speed anyway. Yeah, it's the same, exactly the same. I don't, you know, I wouldn't, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to ding you for that one, Ash. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, no, that's, uh, you know, that makes perfect sense. So, um, thank you for coming on, basically. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I can't believe it's uh, been a year or so since we last spoke. But, I know, uh, it's been yeah. amazing, amazing. Um, well, uh, what we normally do here is, is the sort of wrap up. I, I know Donnie's going to get off, so I think uh, we're probably just going to uh, close the show out with John Nemo. So uh, if you'd like to just tout where people can, uh, you know, go uh, read more in case they don't know enough already, uh, feel free and, uh, you know, mention your uh, social medias and the such. And uh, that will be lovely. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you just go on Google and search for Affinity Apps, uh, which will take you to the right place. But it's affinity.serif.com. Uh, our uh, social handles are at Affinity by Serif, um, obviously on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the usual places. Lovely. Fantastic. Uh, Donny, are you going to uh, do your huge marketing <laughs> empire? <laughs> I'll, I'll just... Just or do you small. want to just do you just want to mention the newest ones and all I'll the rest? I'll just mention the newest ones from over the the summer break. But I will say most of it had uh, affinity involved in some shape or form. But um, my cousin and I have a website called twofundads.com, and we actually just created a card game called What's Your Favorite, and it's an actual uh, card game. You have can buy an actual deck of cards. It's not like poker or anything like that. It's a um, kind of a kids' fun question game that can be used anywhere. And um, I found a site that does on-demand printing, and it's actually pretty cool. We were real excited about it. So um, you can go to twofundads.com. That's the number two, F-U-N-D-A-D-S.com for more information on that. And um, we also have a web cartoon and a YouTube video called Kidums, which you can find links to that on there. And all the usual links will be in the show notes. Fantastic. Uh, the You can find all of our stuff, of course, over at essentialapple.com. Uh, you can follow me on uh, the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. And uh, I think that's probably about it. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon or via the Pinecast Tips Jar. Um, thank you to everybody who uses the uh, Amazon affiliate link on the website. It's a big red button. You can't really miss it. Thank you very much to Ashley for coming on and talking to us. And uh, I think we'll go out with John Nemo and we'll see you all next week. So goodbye. This is where you say goodbye, chaps. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Nemo's hardware store just received two excellent power charging systems from a company called Limitless Innovations. It's all one word on their website. 
L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S-I-N-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S, LimitlessInnovations.com. The first one is an exceptional value. It's called ChargeHub, C-H-A-R-G-E-H-U-B, ChargeHub, home base, power bank, docking station, $60 in the U.S. It's an oblong dock with a slot for setting your phone in, and included are four 4,000 mAh power banks, USB portable power charging units. They're small, they're compact, they hold enough to more than charge up even the biggest iPhone. They have an extra bonus of a little flashlight or a torch built in, and this is a fabulous product for $60. Four of these, four different colors, there's a gold, they're sort of like the Apple colors, a rose gold, the colors are a gold, a rosy, and then a graphite and a black. This is terrific. When I teach, I can just hand one of these to four students in my workshop, and I say, low on power, no problem. Charge your phone, your pad, whatever, your camera, headphones, speakers, whatever. Just charge them up. This is terrific. Anybody who has a family, works in a classroom or lab or office setting, for $60 U.S., this is exceptional value. Strongest recommendation from Nemo's Hardware Store to the Charge Hub Home Base Power Bank Docking Station. Please look this up at LimitlessInnovations.com and also from the link on our website here at Essential Apple. You will want to get one of these as a gift for everybody you know and receive it as a gift from everybody you know. It's that good. Well done, Limitless Innovations, with lots of innovation at a very, very reasonable price. From the same company, we also have the Charge Hub Go Plus, C-H-A-R-G-E-H-U-B-G-O, and plus, the plus sign, the Charge Hub Go Plus power bank with wireless charging pad, USB charging port, and two built-in cables for $40. This is a screaming deal. You charge this up using your typical USB micro charger, and they give you a cable. You can plug it into any power brick that you have that has USB in it. And then very, very conveniently tucked in to the sides of it. It's slim line. It's long and narrow, but very slim is both a lightning tip and a micro USB tip. Really, really handy. And then right in the top, right in the middle of the flat part is the little circular area for charging up your Qi, Qi, whatever you charge up using wireless charging including a phone, and let's see if an Apple Watch will work. We'll find out. Let me read you the description. It features a wireless charging pad, a USB charging port, two built-in charging cables that are compatible with micro, lightning, and USB-C devices. The powerful 5,000 mAh battery capacity will keep devices charged without needing any additional accessories. I agree. I am taking this with me when I travel Everywhere I go, this is a fabulous product. And again, I give it the strongest recommendation. Only $40 for something this versatile, well-designed, stylish, and incredibly easy to use. To tell you the truth, I don't know about the Apple Watch. I'll have to find out about that. But if it's going to work, it's going to work. But definitely something that uses the Qi or Qi charging will definitely work on that round circle 
on the top. Final product has nothing to do with charging. That's the zipper. I'm unzipping it. There's two compartments on the side. It's a large rectangular duffel, sort of like a huge tote bag, like you could put a small musical instrument in. I'm unzipping the other side, and it's called a sneaker duffel. You can put two pairs of shoes, one on either end of this. There's a pocket on the outside for a water bottle. Another zippered outside pocket for putting chargers and other accessories. Then you unzip the top using two zippers. You look in and it's about seven inches across by a foot and over a foot deep. There's a nice shoulder strap with a pad on it. And my favorite feature, a Velcro compartment that I can slide my iPad in or a small, very small computer. But what this is, it's a bag for athletes and anybody who wants to isolate your shoes from the rest of your stuff. I don't need to explain why sometimes that really comes in handy. Let me give you the name, the description, and the price. It's called the Galaxy Black Reflective Sneaker Duffel by Hex, H-E-X. Website is Hexbrand, H-E-X-B-R-A-N-D, hexbrand.com. Cost is $160 in the U.S. You will have this for decades. It is very well built, very rugged, stands up extremely flat, even has little feet on the bottom to keep it off the floor. Now, it's interesting. They show in their picture the iPad being on the outside, in the outside zippered compartment. I actually thought it might want to be on the inside, but you can decide on that. There are some good pictures, very good pictures on the website, much better than I could take. So please have a look at the beautifully lined, really well-designed. It's sort of a rugged and squishy material all at the same time. A double grab strap at the top to hold it, and then the aforementioned shoulder strap. It's really neat on the website. It shows it expanded with the sneakers in there. And you don't need to use it just for luggage. We're going to use it in my music group to put in microphones and other cables so we can keep track of what's what. So $160 is a lot of money. There's a lot of value here in the Hex Galaxy Black Reflective Sneaker Duffel from a good company. We've been working with them for a long time here at Nemo's Hardware Store. Huh. There's even some vent holes, some little tiny vent holes to vent the aforementioned speakers. Oh, and there's a little mesh pocket inside of each of the sneaker compartments for putting in other stuff, athletic stuff, goggles, swimsuits, whatever you take when you travel, whether you're athletic, technical, or just a mere mortal carrying around your stuff in a stylish and reflective Sneaker duffel. Well done, Hex, and very well done, Limitless Innovations. Back next week. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast, and I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show, uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much 
to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com Take a look at the available podcast and take a listen. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. again another time. Until then, goodbye.